0: the soundtrack Dive In
1: Good morning and welcome to River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley. You're listening to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest today is Rebecca Hogan from Rebecca Hogan Coaching Therapies. Good morning, Rebecca. Hello, Rachel. It's so lovely to have you back again. And this morning, we are going to be talking with Rebecca about parental guilt, that super mum image and... Matrescence. I've just asked Rebecca how to say that, so it's like adolescence. Matrescence. Matrescence, sorry. That's so even it. though you did tell me, I still messed that up. <laughs> but most importantly, um, Rebecca is going to give us some top tips with those with those things. So um, keep listening. Email rachel at river.radio with questions that you might have for Rebecca. And or you can send us a tweet or message on Instagram or Facebook, all at River Radio Live. So first of all, tell us a bit about yourself, Rebecca, and your business. Yes, of course. Um, So I'm a life coach and
2: I loved finding out about coaching because it's something that's really helped me become a better parent. So um, I found that I wanted to sort of work out why I was finding it hard, which is why I do the job I do, because um, I was wondering why it was diff- more difficult than I expected it to be. So I um, came into coaching really with lots of questions as to, okay, so how do you, how do you do this? How do you get someone from feeling like this to feeling how they want to feel? So
1: you weren't a coach before you became a parent? No. Ah, no, no. Okay. I was a
2: reflexologist when I became a parent. So I'd already given okay. up my corporate career
1: right. because I wanted
2: something that fitted around my family. Yes, yeah. And I loved the reflexology. I particularly worked with mums that were well people trying to get pregnant mums when they were pregnant and then afterwards they'd come back too yeah and um yeah the whole the whole thing fascinated me around how how you can do this work on yourself and feel better about life and I just wanted to know if it could help me so I started training to become a coach and have coaching
1: on myself at the same time and is that because then so you were finding it challenging yes okay so you kind of went so, was it to you wanted to sort of help yourself first and then realise actually I'm absolutely not the only one in this boat? Yes, because <laughs> lots I of I think people. that was the problem, Rachel, is that I
2: thought that it was just me, that there was something maybe wrong with me, that I just wasn't oh. cut out to be a mum. And it didn't come easily to me. Mm. And I sometimes wonder if it's because I went through the infertility and oh, then when okay. I finally became a mum that it was why was it so hard you know I've wanted Mm. this for so long and I did open up to parents but I didn't always get much time you know what it's like meeting new mums and you're having a coffee but it's more about the children than Mm. having a chat you know you might get a little bit of a conversation going but only so much so um, it was when I went into coaching to sort of find out how I could do it better or feel better about it that I realised actually it wasn't just me. And the Mama Rising course I've done late, lately, which is by Amy Taylor kabaz she's the lady who's really brought Matrescence out into the world. It was known about before, but she's the one who's okay. really. And what was the name of the course you just said? Mama Rising.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. I'm a Mama
2: Rising facilitator now. So you learn okay. how to coach mums, but you're coached yourself. So even in the last uh-huh. sort of six months, I feel like I've come on leaps and bounds in terms of enjoying motherhood and feeling mm. confident with it and my daughter's 6 now so matrescence is something you can find out about at any age and it will help you to bond with your child more to okay. connect as a family more
1: now it. i mean i hadn't heard the term at all until until you you last came on and i just hadn't heard it and then i did a bit of research on it and i hadn't realized how it well, it's obviously is quite a well-known yeah. term. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, I understood the concept. So, tell us a bit more about the term and what it... I mean, the concept is obviously going from not being a mum to becoming a mum. Yes, but <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, Donna Raphael was the lady that brought about the, the word doula,
2: and that's when doula became really known Oh, well-known. okay, it was yes. in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, but the matrescence word didn't really come into conversation as as much as the doula word so um there's been a lot of work by dr aurelie athen in the states and then dr alexander sachs has got a brilliant ted talk which you can listen to if you just type in matrescence alexander sachs
1: um
2: or even matrescence TED talk, she comes Mm. up and she likens it to adolescence, where you go through all these changes, your body's changing, that's pregnancy, and your hormones are raging, and you're trying to find your way in the world again, and it's Mm. this whole split of, who was I before, and how do I hold on to that, and then who Mm. do I become to be Mm. the best mum I can be, and how you blend the two.
1: Okay.
2: It's it would be nice to have
1: that information
2: before though wouldn't yes, it? Yes. And I was actually at an our baby club event in Henley yesterday, uh, sorry, Sunday, talking to mums to be. Oh okay. Yeah which is quite new for me because I've been talking more to mums that are saying hey I'm finding this hard can you help me yeah. whereas this was talking to new mums and the mayor came along actually the mayor of Headley came along ah. and um, yeah we had a really nice session with um just helping is mums Is that understand. a new
1: thing then so to, to as in to actually be talking to people before because of I mean I remember so uh my children are sort of Teen and a tween, but remember going to the classes um, before antenatal classes, yes, um, and then also doing you know the NCT, NCT. doing the NCT, um, and but it was it it was a lot more practical advice. Yes, you were given. Yes. As in sleeping or feeding or all those kinds of things. Yeah, changing nappies, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, so there might have been a bit of the m- emotional side touched on, but I can't really recall no, that. No, this, this
2: is what I think we're coming to, is that Our Baby Club talks about themselves being the modern antenatal revolution. And oh, okay. Matrescence and Amy taylor Cabaz's work, she calls herself an activist because it is still quite, new to have this information before it is normally about finding out about how your baby's growing how mm. you're changing but it I think you're right it's still quite in the practical and is she is
1: she a uk or Amy is, this, is australian actually oh right. and another okay.
2: yeah a lot a lot of the the ladies that I've have as mentors and I follow um to sort of keep keep keeping this sort of mindset yes are Australian well
1: Well, I well I ask because often Mm. that is the case isn't it that they're possibly oh I don't want to should I say that they're slightly ahead but they are sometimes slightly ahead on, on concepts or theories especially in relation to emotional side of things yes well, it's not very English is it I suppose yeah, and yeah. I think where there's more
2: um, sort of thought about your your health and going privately that allows people to maybe be offered more so yes. the NHS obviously does a wonderful job for us here but they can only offer so much so mm. maybe
1: only so much is talked about because that's what's on offer mm. normally mm. okay all right so so Let's, um, I mean, let's have a chat about why do we, you know, when, when we become um, parents, um, become a, a mother, so we know that there is this um, change that we go through. So, as you said, it's a bit like adolescence. Um, now obviously I suppose with adolescence the difference is we we know about it don't we we know it's gonna I mean even when we were adolescents ourselves but we just know it is talked about um, unfortunately talked about a lot more in terms of from a mental health perspective which is great um, so there's obviously some you know that information is getting out there that that's what Um, people go through but I think we would have possibly known it before as I remember when we were chatting previously um, you know we're talking about where as a mum you're still working perhaps part-time and then you're raising your family and there's that whole battle of I can't you know I remember myself having to accept I actually can't do or it felt as if I couldn't be a hundred percent one or the other there was always this Continuous battle going on. Yes. And I love that you've brought that up because that's what
2: matrescence does. It acknowledges that you're going through the changes and that they're mm. big and that it's not just you. Everyone feels this in some way. Um, and the other big concept of matrescence is this split and this push and pull. So when you become a mum, you're delighted, aren't you? It's mm. amazing. It's magical. And you want to be the best mum you can possibly be. I went into it thinking, I'm going to be the 10 out of 10, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to be mm. able to do it all. I thought it was going to be easy. And the oxytocin is there that your body produces to give you that pull to your baby, that whenever your baby cries and needs you, that you you will be there. Um, but that we've also got this brain that we've developed and this sense of self, of who we are as a woman and that is a big identity change to suddenly Mm. try and blend the two because you still want to be able to look after yourself you have to be able to look after yourself to be the best mum but it's like how how much of each do you do yeah because you need to raise an independent child and you know that logically but then it's quite hard to 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 do that to to, am I doing enough Um, and
1: is there more is there more pressure today you think than say decades ago where it was I mean I'm not not saying it was the case for everybody but it was if we go back decades it was more accepted wasn't it whereas today it there is that pressure to return well I'm not saying yet people have to return but there is a bit more pressure isn't there in terms of returning to work and yes. you know and doing doing Definitely. both I think the way we feel successful in life
2: today is quite a masculine set of skills to be achieving things, to be doing things, to be, you know, earning a contribution to the family income. Mm. And it's weird to step back from that. It's strange. It can Mm. feel very uncomfortable. So that's why we quite often take mums back to what your values, what have you always wanted motherhood to be and to feel like and what what, matter, what matters most? So, you can't do everything, but you can do anything, but you can't do everything. So, yeah. how much time do you want to take off with your baby? When do you feel ready to go back
1: to work? There's some really big discussions that, that we have. Okay. And I guess as you're going along as well, those values are going to change, aren't yes. they? Yes, so, it might be, you know, before, uh, you know, I know thinking back to conversations, well, of course I'm going to be going back to work. Of course I'll go back full-time of course you know and all this kind of thing where actually when it happens I know for myself I then went back to work part-time um fortunately I was able to do that and go back go back part-time obviously we also do have that juggle of um child yes. <laughs> how much that costs so actually when you kind of weigh it up you know sometimes um if if people haven't got extended family I suppose that's the other thing that's different isn't it that might um, I mean, I know there are a lot more grandparents than that involved, aren't there? It's a massive part of the community. Grandparents looking after children because childcare costs, are, you know, are so high. But if you don't have that around you, we didn't have that around us. We don't have family nearby. Um, that wasn't an option. So it wasn't an option for us either.
2: And I had the added complexity, like a lot of mums do, that my daughter had some physical needs. So she had hip dysplasia and it it was nowhere near as as bad as it could have been, like it was rectified quite satisfactorily. But obviously lots of mums have children with additional needs. Mm. So you might not, even though you could afford it you might choose not to put your child yeah. in so as you say things come up as you parent your child yes and I didn't want to put my child into care until she was at the same level as the other children in the nursery okay. um for some mums they wait till school you know every time you have another child your matrescence starts again as well so childcare has a lot to do with it definitely yes, and we yeah. didn't have extended family and
1: if you do, I think that does lighten the load. Yes, yeah, definitely. And do, do fathers have this as much as a struggle as mothers or not to the same degree? Is it because they're just expected to be the main breadwinner?
2: I believe they do go through it. Um, I think as much as we talk about matrescence needing to be spoken about more, patrescence exists as oh, well. Okay. And I remember holding my hand up to my husband and saying, I am finding this really hard. And he said, me too. So it was great that I just had that open, honest conversation with him because we could work through
1: how we could both have a yeah. bit more of what we needed. Yes, yeah. And that's a good po- point about open, honest conversations because... In those early days of the NCT, well, it might not be NCT, I don't know, um, any other, there's obviously other groups out there. But in those meetups, there is a lot of pressure in what baby is doing and how mothers are doing things. And now I'm really hoping that it has changed um, or perhaps there's a movement towards it changing. I don't remember it, you know, I don't... You know, it was a lovely group I was part of and we're still in contact with some with some of those members. I'm not sure, though, we were all as open or as honest about it as we possibly could have been. No, we call it self-silencing. So oh, in Mum okay. Arising
2: um, and the training I've done with the facilitation, we massively talk about how women self-silence. But then the other side of things is sometimes you can get into a bit of a competition with the, with, with the mum's conversation of who's had the least sleep. Yes. So sometimes there's this element of not wanting to say you're struggling. But then there's right. also sometimes with the sort of expected struggles of yeah you're going to have to deal with less sleep of oh yeah well I, I've had a so less sharing all the
1: names okay right so the <laughs> other extreme so yeah. you're sharing the negatives but then going oh this is really bad <laughs> yeah,
2: so it's really oh, complex isn't oh, it? okay yeah it's really complex yeah. like a lady on Sunday said oh I went to a, a pregnancy yoga and all the mums were saying what was hard and I didn't really have anything to say because actually I, I was doing really well I was really happy with how mm. my, my week or Two weeks had gone, and I felt like I had to sort of make something up. Oh, yeah, I suppose okay. But but as you say, quite often, if you haven't done something that you feel you should have done, you might not admit it. You might just keep quiet.
1: Yes, rather yeah. than
2: say, actually, I'm really struggling with that. And actually, if we're more open and honest, it's how we get help. So me and my husband yes. managed to sort of find a way of helping each other, or you know, maybe we did reach out for childcare at that stage. You know, yeah, it depends what what
1: which And I don't you're think I don't think when when you're in those group situations or you know um if you're in that you know community of people I don't think uh, but you even kind of do it intentionally it's not that you're intentionally covering up or masking anything it's almost I suppose the expectation, isn't it, of, oh, should I have been doing that or do I know about this or yes, I'm going to do this way and then I'm going to have this opinion and this view or yeah, whatever. So we probably just, way. it's just con- yeah. a continuous questioning isn't it yeah which is probably not great to do as a new mum anyway no it's really hard because it's a confusing time isn't it Mm. there's so much to get to grips with you're Mm. trying to
2: recover yourself from a birth and then you're trying to get to know your baby you're trying to find your way as a family so it's you your husband and your baby or you may, might already have other children yeah there's a lot a lot going on
1: and at the end of the day you go to you go to your groups or your coffee mornings or you know your clubs whatever they are to chat about these things anyway so y- you're going to chat about it um so it's inevitable you I suppose there's going to be a little bit of comparison isn't there that Absolutely. Uh, that what, what do you call it the comparisonitis yes. going on because it's the major part of your life isn't it that's going on it so means you so know much. Much, doesn't yeah. it, it mean so much? And you're all doing your
2: best. And sometimes you're just too tired to speak up, maybe. Other times you might just want to be soaking up what other people say. And other times you might be feeling a bit braver and want to air
1: something to get some other people's views on it brilliant well let's have a bit of a song a song break so um we've had a chat about that and then when we when we come back let's talk a bit more why it's just so unnecessary to to feel that and this whole perfect mother this myth and this super mum image that there is and i love you you know this whole concept that you've uh, mentioned you've mentioned rebecca about and I even hear myself doing it now, the juster. I'm just, that that horrible word, just, that we put in front of things, um, which basically... We're minimising ourselves, aren't we? So um, let's. So diamonds, Rihanna is one of the songs that you've picked. Tell us why that's that's a favourite. Because it talks about being happy and doing what you need to do to be happy. And for me,
2: that's a really powerful message in motherhood. It's about empowering yourself to do things your way and enjoy it more. Brilliant.
0: Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This this is River Radio. Well,
3: now for some pop music, try this. Shine bright like a diamond Shine bright like a diamond Fine light in the beautiful sea I chose to be happy You and I, you and I We're like diamonds in the sky You're a shooting star I see A vision of I'm alive. we like that. We're like diamonds in the sky You're a shooting star
1: Welcome back to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. And my guest today is Rebecca Hogan from Rebecca Hogan Coaching Therapies. And we have been chatting about parental guilt. Um, Yes, uh, something that I think um, I imagine we're all familiar with, um, particularly mums. Now, obviously, we said that dads will, you know, obviously go through it. But particularly, we, you know, we do know that whole mum guilt concept um so if you've missed anything in the first part of the show you can listen again through our website or on podcast just search for river radio school of parenting um, you can listen to us on your mobile um on your google app apple app um, alexa ask alexa to play river radio live and of course our website you can listen to us as well river.radio so um we've been talking, we've, we were talking with you we mentioned the, I'm going to just see if I can say it properly. Matrescence. Oh, I'm going, adolescence in my head. You Matricence. say it. <laughs> so, which is the whole um, moving from um, pre, how you were before you became a mother, basically, a woman, um, to then going into becoming then a mother and how that that is I mean other other than the physical changes of pregnancy and so on but that is a whole phase that we go through and perhaps hasn't been you know enough focus on what the emotional aspect is it or the emotional side of it Mm. versus just the practical
2: yes your expectations like what you think it's going to be like and feel like to be a mum
1: often Mm. it's more about how to look after the baby, as you mentioned. Yeah, and that than... whole identity. Yeah. We said that whole identity. So, um, you know, we were talking about pressures and different opinions, a bit of that comparisonitis. Comparisonitis? I can't speak. I need to put my teeth <laughs> in this morning. Um, but, I mean, why... It is, it is totally unnecessary, isn't it, to feel that guilt? I mean, we do, feel, obviously, I mean... You know, even as our children get older, I think it is a parental thing, just that that guilt, that that struggle all the time of um, it's not just when your children are younger. Because I know that I've, you know, (laughs) literally this week have gone through that that um, that guilt and we just don't need to, do we? No, I mean, it's to do with
2: expectations, I think. And it's the whole balance of how much do I help them? and show them I love them and how much do I let them sort of grow their own wings and become independent and re- be resilient.
1: Yeah, it's exactly. It's like between
2: the two, isn't
1: it? And I think that's we, we... So maybe we start off that we want to be that, you know, um, you mentioned earlier about the whole, I'm going to be the 10 out of 10. I'm going to be the perfect mother. I'm going to do it the right way. I'm maybe going to do it differently than my parents did it. We want to perhaps, you know, um, take that perspective. And there's this whole super mum image that's out there. I don't think we... We haven't intentionally created it because why on earth would we do that to ourselves? But it's there, isn't it? Yeah, and it's kind of there
2: from a very early age. So you watch your parents, you learn by mirroring your parents and those around you. So you will have taken on beliefs between the ages up to seven is a crucial time where we're sponges and we're soaking it all in. So so when beliefs, we were children, you mean? Yes. Okay, Some of Your right. beliefs will come back from when you were naught to seven. And then things that we soak up from the media. I mean, Instagram is huge right now, isn't it? And Facebook. But Instagram, we always talk about don't compare your 3D life with their 2D grid because... Oh, everyone I puts, like
1: that. Yeah, everyone okay. puts their
2: best selves on social yes, media. yes. And that's not real life. And some of the mums are getting really good, especially on Instagram. I I tend to be on Instagram more, so that's where I speak from. But there's great mums on there that are running their own lives, their blended families, their businesses, all sorts of different mums on there, and a lot of them now being quite open and honest. But you still see these wonderful posts. And if you're having a down day sometimes, it's easier to focus on the negatives and the positives. So to empower yourself and to not live in this world of guilt is to recognise that that's not real life every day
1: actually what I really love I'm trying to think of um, I think it might be called something like mummy banter or something and it's hilarious and she does these sketches um, and whether it's on Instagram reels or videos or whatever it is but it's hilarious. So there, there is a lot more of that, isn't it? It's really looking at the funny side, and I think there's also another one, which is a couple of mums, you know, just really taking the Mickey out of what basically happens, and and I think that does help, doesn't it? It almost yes. lightens. It does lightens it does. everything up, but but as you said, there is that aspect of the the Instagram and the Facebook and let's put all the photos on and isn't this perfect and and I you know I I I sort of get that I think we just have to bear it in mind don't we and say this is this is um not real it's what you know I, you probably wouldn't post a picture of your child having a massive tantrum would no, you it's not very kind um, no <laughs> so you know the reality is you're going to post you know it, it's like if you post a picture of yourself you're not going to post a picture of yourself looking awful <laughs> um hopefully um well you might do if that I guess if that's your intention but you know you kind of you go oh I'll put, I'll put a nice picture up or something so um yeah but there is there is that pressure. So. It's accepting, isn't it? I mean, how do we accept this whole that that it's okay for things to be a bit disorganised, a bit messy in life?
2: Yes. I mean, motherhood is messy and that's okay is one of my big messages. Because like your child is learning how to crawl and then, mm. you know, well, eat first because... They wean, and then they're learning to crawl, then they're learning to walk. They fall over. How many times a day do they fall over? Mm. They just get back up. They have no worries over it. Whereas why do we feel like our first attempt has to be brilliant, amazing? Mm. So there's a phrase we use about you don't have to be Um, perfect to be amazing as a mum and it is about celebrating what you do well and keeping the positive in mind all the time but knowing that you're not going to be a 10 out of 10 mum every day you might rock it some days and think Mm. wait I've got it and then the next day something will come up you can't control it enough to be a 10 out of 10 mum every day Mm. and some days I focus on me some days I focus on the house and different seasons different times in motherhood you focus on different things and that's okay you can't do everything
1: I think and and also as well the whole knowing that you if you if you basically continue like that you will burn out yes because I mean I know for myself I think I always thought right we're just when we we get over this maybe you know the first year but then you go into the next phase then you go into the next the phases don't end and I kind of I wish I mean you know obviously you you use your intelligence and your common sense and you know that there's always going to be but I think I sort of expected these lovely longer periods Mm. (laughs) perhaps of where it would all be really plain sailing I mean there obviously there are periods like that but there are always phases that you're going through, isn't there, with your children? Yes, I liken it to the analogy of
2: being okay with where you are weight-wise. So people talk about, don't think you'll be happy when you fit back in those jeans. Be happy now. And it's the same in motherhood. It's, I, I'm doing well now. I'm doing the best I can and I'm mm. doing what, what I'm doing well. And being really mindful of that, not waiting to to be that 10 out of 10.
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah, to feel okay, yes. I suppose. It yes. doesn't have to be. Uh, and I remember a big thing as well, I think, for myself was also, and I know I've I've chatted on the show about it before with other guests, is also letting go of the perfect day. Uh, you know, you get to the end of the day and go, oh, yeah, that was a great day. And I, th- when I accepted that actually it's highly unlikely with a child, particularly a toddler, but really any age of child it's there's no such thing is there as a perfect day and 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 as you said it doesn't you know things can be amazing and wonderful without being perfect so recognizing within the day oh that went well or oh we did a walk or that went well or you know if your children are older oh we got through the homework without a battle tonight uh maybe the bath was a battle though but not kind of looking at it as a all or nothing I suppose yeah absolutely it's honoring the good
2: bits and celebrating the good bits and learning from them I said well how come that worked out so well and applying those to the next day but not getting hung up if it doesn't work the next day because it Children aren't predictable, are they? They don't come with a manual (laughs) or or remote control. Um, And it's not all on us. It's not all about us as to whether they've behaved in a happy way that day or whether they've been cross that day. You know,
1: we can't control their health and well-being. So it's letting go of uh, um, that... That that being our value, I suppose, put, putting yes. you know our value on whether they are, and it, it is a really tricky one. I mean, mm-hmm. I know we, we have the um, wonderful Claire Cogan that comes in and talks about, uh, particularly she's a teen specialist. You know, and I think just remembering that if there's low moods or, or that sort of thing, or actually it doesn't, you want to be empathetic and you want to offer support. But actually, it doesn't have to kind of then. Oh, pull! Otherwise, you're all pulled down yes. or that sort of thing. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, you, it, why do we do this? We say that we're just. Why do we use that word "just" so often as mums? We're not Maybe paid. dads, but Maybe. <laughs> definitely mums. Yeah.
2: We're not paid, are we? That's the first point. Is it? It's it's not a paid job we don't get an appraisal we don't get a certificate we we don't get told necessarily that we're we're doing a good job so we have to kind of tell ourselves that it's important and often we don't recognize how intellectual mothering is so when people think about mothering they're thinking about changing nappies and you know looking after the child but also keeping the house tidy and it can be seen as quite a lot of drudgery quite a lot of repetitive Mm. mindless tasks but actually if we think about the real mothering and the real being able to settle your baby and to manage your child's emotions there's some real intellectual work that goes on there we have Mm. to um, be really intuitive and we have to really embrace our feminine skills which aren't necessarily as thought about as often as as being really valuable skills you know in the workplace you don't get recognized You do get recognised for being a good team player, but you wouldn't get recognised as to how well you've done someone's appraisal or Mm. how well you've settled them if they came into work, feeling low. Um, You'd get celebrated on completing the project.
1: Yes, Um, yeah.
2: So so I guess it's like
1: thinking of it as, if it was a job description then, thinking of the skills that would be on that job description, basically. So as a mother... I mean there would be an amazing range of skills wouldn't there then yes. that would be on that job description as if you were in a corporate job or yes. another you know another kind of job But they're not recognised then.
2: No, they're not recognised as much as as they should be. Exactly. I mean, if you think about the time, if you've ever had a colicky baby, you know, and everyone's babies are different, but I know mums that really struggled with colicky babies might feel they haven't been doing a job for all those months that they couldn't stop their child from crying. Mm. But as we just said earlier, there's lots of reasons why the child's crying and they're doing their best to help that child, but they can't necessarily find out all the answers um but you're doing the best you can and you're nurturing that child and and just being there for that child is a great skill but is that recognized in the corporate world it wouldn't be so it's it's really realizing that that really matters to your child and just being there sometimes and just holding their hand is enough yeah and actually doing less
1: can be doing more absolutely and the and also the balancing you mentioned about the information there's so much information out there yeah. I think there's way more information out there probably when them when my own children were born um how do mums manage all that 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 overload of it I mean it's like if you go- when I googled um what the wo- you know the word I mean there is a lot of information there's now tons. that we have social media and all that sort of stuff
2: Yes and for me I love reading and researching stuff and I did buy a lot of books and we have lots and lots of podcasts out there. Um, Mm. Maybe podcasts I think are more accessible and easier to digest because Mm. you know it's it's half an hour an hour whereas reading a book can take a a lot longer than that. So I really really am thankful for the great podcasts that are out there because I think you can soak up quite a lot of information but you don't have to take it all on board and Choose just one to follow. I think you do need to soak up quite a broad range of information and then make your own minds up between you and your partner, or whoever else you're you're parenting with, or you know the type of nursery you choose is the right ethos for you. It's all about how you feel, isn't it? And having confidence in yourself, in, in your and own your
1: intuition, and yes. making those yeah decisions yourself. Because I remember the whole weaning thing as well. When mine were younger, it was the um, what do they call it self-led
2: yeah is that what it's called self-led weaning or whatever isn't it Yeah, yeah yeah and versus making all the mashes and
1: spoon feeding them yeah it's two quite different techniques and then if you do have parents who are involved there there's also the the influence I remember the whole um Because obviously there was a lot of research done, wasn't it, that actually said you shouldn't be weaning, was it under six months or something? Whereas, you know, I remember um, my own mum saying, oh, we used to, you know those rusks that you used to get or whatever (laughs) they were? Oh, you can put that in and, you know, when they're like from, I don't know, four months or something Mm. and they sleep a lot better and all that kind of thing. So you've also got, um, you know, if if mums have got family who are involved, you've got that influence haven't you sort of coming into play as well
2: it's lovely to have all of that information but sometimes it can feel overwhelming Mm. but if you are able to sort of take a step back have a bit of time and space to think about it and then just choose your own way and give it a try and if if you find it hasn't worked as well as you hoped you know maybe adding a bit of the other bits of information in that you've got too but
1: I think ultimately you're going to have to make a choice and a decision Absolutely right well let's take it let's we're going to have a a song break and when we come back let's let's kind of finish up with some you know your top tips Rebecca on how we can get well I don't think we're ever going to get rid of it are we we're not not going to get rid of parental (laughs) guilt but how we can manage it I suppose and not allow it to over overwhelm us probably um so we're going to talk about that so so we can go away you know feeling positive (laughs) about it all so the second song that you've chosen is beautiful people Ed Sheeran featuring Kelly tell us tell us why you love that one so it's perfect about not feeling like you have to fit in with the cool
2: kids on Instagram or call all the great mums on Instagram you have to sort of take a step back
1: and do it your way ah brilliant
0: Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot. Maidenhead, Maidenhead. Bracknell, Bracknell. Wokingham, Wokingham. Henley, Henley. Reading. Okay! The Voice, River Radio, of the Thames Valley. On a Saturday night in the summer sun down and they all come out Lamborghinis and they're in hummus The party's on so they're heading downtown Everybody's looking for a come up And they want to know what you're about Me in the middle with the one I love it, we're just trying to figure everything out We don't fit in well Cause we are just ourselves I could use some help getting out of this conversation, yeah, you So don't ask that question here This is my only fear That we become beautiful people top designer clothes Front-road fashion shows What you do and who'd you know Inside the last night and we made it nowhere Now I see stars in your eyes when we're halfway there Now I'm not faced by all the lights and flash cameras Cause with my arms around you, there's no need to care Are just ourselves. I could use some help getting out of this conversation here. No don't ask in this so Don't ask that question here. This is my only fear that we become beautiful people. design designer clothes, front row fashion shows. What you do and what you know inside the world.
1: well, Welcome back to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. And my guest today is Rebecca Hogan from Rebecca Hogan Coaching Therapies. And we've been um, chatting about that parental guilt, the super mum image, matrescence. Did I say that probably that time? Like adolescence, but for when you're going from um, pre children, I guess, to then becoming a mother. So that whole transition. If you've missed any parts of the show, you can listen again through our website or on podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can listen to us anytime on mobile just download your apple app google app ask alexa to play river radio live or through the website river.radio um so we've we've sort of talked about the guilt why it's unnecessary you know these these um uh, that it's you know it's okay to let go and to not be this perfect mother. It, it basically, it's just not it's not realistic. So, what are your top tips, Rebecca, for how we can, you know, actually not just sort of recognize it or talk about it, but how we can actually move away from this guilt that that we have, not just when our children are young, but you know, all the time. Um, so be kind to yourself okay be kind to yourself you're only human
2: and you're learning and growing along with your child so you don't have to be perfect to be awesome as we said we need to practice more self-compassion in life and definitely as a parent um to realize our strengths and what we do well and then when we do something wrong to not beat ourselves up about it but Mm. instead try and learn from it and i think to be a great mom is a bit like being a great coach which is being curious asking questions of ourselves working out yeah how to do things differently next
1: time it's a bit of reflection so yeah. we can reflect on it but not um go over it and over and over and over because yeah. that is just not that well that's not being kind is it to no. ourselves as you said it's you not have helpful. to let go
2: let go of it you've learned from it and
1: you're moving moving on okay what else is another tip that we can take away so it's really powerful when you fill these thoughts and feelings coming up to
2: reframe them so you can okay. quickly catch yourself so if you hear yourself in your own head or out loud saying i'm just a mom or oh gosh i could have done that better i should have done it this way stop mm. and rephrase it so it really really is powerful so instead of saying i should have put that snack in my daughter's bag
1: earlier so i didn't forget um oh next time i'll put it in the bag and and then the- and acknowledge yeah maybe five other things that perhaps we did, did to get right did Well, exactly <laughs> at the end of the day it's a really good exercise to do
2: that especially when you're a new mum but any mum and any person really every day to think what went really well today and focus on that
1: I used to I remember the mums that used to have what I call the magic bags I mean I got better at it as I went along but I'd be like what that was in your bag? What and that's in your bag? And what else have you got? And they were just all. Come, and it was like seriously, how many hours did that take oh, you yeah. to pack that my bag? Fr- my
2: friend had a great thing for that because she used to see me. She was on her second child. I was on my first, and ah. I turn up with this bag, and I couldn't even shut the zip properly. And she'd say, <laughs> "Rebecca, for everything else, there's Mastercard <laughs> or
0: oh, Visa." Oh, okay.
1: Or- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Okay, and so um, what about this? Uh, so talking talking then about what's real and
2: yeah it's it's sort of exploring what's realistic and Why are you you feeling bad about it? So sometimes it's something a bit more deep than just forgetting a snack or whatever. And then it's really worth getting some headspace and thinking about, is this because I've gone against my values or, you know, why is this mattering? What is it that's causing you to feel this way? So if
1: there's something that you find that you can't let go of, so it might be a little bit deeper.
2: Yeah, if you understand it,
1: then you can take the power away from it or, you know, get your power Um, back to feel better. Okay. Okay. Um, and then what else? What else can you tell us? Be curious and okay. communicate more. It allows you to connect more with
2: the people that matter to you. So I remember um, when I first became a mum that I did find times with my husband a bit more touchy, especially when we were tired or we hadn't had our dinner yet. And with my yeah. mum as well, there were things that came up that I wanted to do differently. And oh, it, you know, it just felt a bit emotional at times. And it was about talking about it before it became too emotional and asking questions in a certain way of being curious so quite often I'd say well I'm finding it really hard to do it like that and I'm wondering about trying this and sort of trying to bring people along the journey with you and helping you work it out uh, okay with you so you work as a team
1: more than sort of coming up with different and then ideas. I guess not getting defensive if yes. somebody suggests something yes something different yes. okay and then the other thing that I, I uh, this this you know the idea of um you know with our children as well especially as they get a bit older is is also letting them know as you said about it's it's not something we've done before we haven't gone to university to learn how to be a parent we haven't really done a course have we unless you might have done an antenatal class or nct or something like that it's not you know it's not like um you know i think what goes into driving a car obviously you need to but compared to raising a child, it's kind of, you know, there's no, we don't get a license, do we? No. We don't do a practical, then a theory, and then get a license. And, um, you know, I do sometimes think maybe we need something like that. But um, um, So I think sharing that, you know, I, I I know I have done that myself when it's like, the, you know, obviously I, I do have a teenager, so it's the comment of, well, what have you done to... And then, you know, sometimes I can find myself getting quite cross. And then I'll actually reel off well do you really want to know and then I reel (laughs) off this massive list of 100 things and it's like just don't ask me again (laughs) or just you know so I suppose being honest as well and recognizing and acknowledging what a mother and, and parent what a father as well especially in the last couple of years um are doing in a normal day.
2: I quite often say to my daughter when she's sort of coming up against me with with things, I say to her, well, you know, how would you like to do it? How do you think it could be done better? And... Or I say to her... That's a
1: good... Okay. Yeah, so it's... So, so it's not kind of telling them off or getting all, you know, upset about it then. It's that saying, well, how would you Yeah, it's coming it? back to
2: that team of... You, you're a household. You, you've you got to work things out as a team. So I say to her, well, my job is to get you to school. So how can we do this? How would it feel easier or better to you? Okay. Bearing Bear in mind, you can't make more time. No, that's <laughs> But you right. can do things how in an order you would like to do yeah so that
1: powers them a little bit or to take ownership I suppose yes working with them okay um and then how so you've mentioned about that that some of the reasons we might feel the guilt perhaps a Possibly too much, or if it's the same thing that is coming up, is perhaps there is something a little bit deeper that we need to understand. Whether that's come from what our own childhood or influences, yes. So and I'm- and and you work with people, do us. So, t- so tell us about that. How pe- how people can work with you if they want to do a bit more.
2: Yes, of course. So um, there's things that you might not work out. Why you're feeling them. So why can't I sit and be with my baby? Why do I feel the need to rush around and do all the jobs and prove mm. to my husband that I've been Productive today. Yes. That's something I struggled with, and that's what coaching really helped me with. So, what you do is you go back to what what you want life to feel like and be like, and what the gap is in between, and why that's hard to bridge that gap, why okay. you can't stop yourself from, from behaving in a certain pattern.
1: Okay. Um,
2: and yeah, working out why really gives you some light bulb moments, and then it makes it so much easier, and things just start
1: to happen better. Okay. And you start to feel how you want to feel in motherhood okay so people can do that with you through coaching Yeah, and you've also got a guide that people yes. can get so yes. so um so at rebeccahogancoaching.com yes so that hopefully some more six tips in there through.
2: yeah there's six steps the first one we talked about being kind to yourself and then we talked a bit about you know valuing yourself feeling um, what strengths you have so that's three of the steps that we go through and then the final one we go through is about connection so once you nail the first five steps that's when you can really connect as a family and really feel great in motherhood
1: and I love that you you are you can you offer a free call initially so just to chat through whether it is something yeah then. it's great to get to know people
2: and then they can hear from me how I think I can help them and if people
1: join a course before the end of the march march tell us about that yes
2: there's two fantastic books i couldn't decide which to offer oh. one is from my first coach danny which is all about loving yourself being proud of yourself and the second one is the memorizing formula which is the six steps there's two great books there by two great ladies danny watson and amy taylor i'd quite like i'd quite
1: like yeah quite get quite like copy, i'll get you a copy rachel i'll get you a copy so we have, so we've covered loads of information. Um, we've run out of time, but if if you want to listen back, you can uh, listen back on podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search for River Radio School of Parenting or on river.radio through our website thank you so much Rebecca again I'm sure I I know I say this sometimes I really wish I'd known you before (laughs) I had children but anyway it's not too late it's not too too late late. I still have a tween a tween and a teen Um, so thank you so much uh, Rebecca for sharing all that information thank you for having me so that, so that was Re, um, Rebecca Hogan from Coaching Therapies. And next week on the show, we have another Rebecca. We have Rebecca Heaps from the fabulous Tent Share, which is a sustainable camping community. Do you ever go camping? I do. <laughs> it's it's really good fun, is it? I can't wait it? to hear that. Um, yeah, so um, Tent Share is all about you can either... Um, share your tent and make money so if you have a tent like we do and it just sits in the in the shed <laughs> or you can if you if maybe camping is something that you're thinking about you can actually rent a tent um, rather than just going out and buying one and and then you can save money that way but um, Rebecca's also going to be sharing loads of other information about um camping um, how great it is and how sustainable it is um, and then coming up later on river radio um, tune in from seven o'clock to, um, this evening for inside the music scene with tara dean music and tara is going to be joined by the owner of off the tap um, Maidenhead Toby and they're going to talk about all the music venue and the events that are being held there so thank you for listening thank you again Rebecca tell us about this last song Titanium David Guetta featuring Sia why you love that one
2: I love it because I think it's a really empowering song about being strong
1: and getting up again and you can do it Brilliant. Okay, well, we're going to finish with that final song. Uh, Join me next week on School of Parenting—the school you want to come back to, because family life doesn't come with a manual.
0: Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio.
3: Well, now for some pop music. Try this.